0: Welcome to Westway. I'm Cody, I'm the Creative Arts Pastor here, and we are so excited to have you with us this morning. Our weekly gathering is called the 1015, and it typically lasts around 80 minutes. Before we get started, we have a few things we wanna share with you. Our mission at Westway is to proclaim Jesus as Lord. Our vision is to grow in unity, purpose, and love through the power of the Holy Spirit, so the people of Scottsbluff County know Him. You can learn more about upcoming gatherings, events, and small groups on our website at westwaychurch.com. If this is your first time with us today, we are so thankful that you've joined us. We know that checking out a church can be intimidating, and our hope is that this place will feel like home. Be sure to stop by the Welcome Center after the 10:15. We'd love to meet you and give you a free gift. And if you have to take off, no problem you can just text the word guest to 308-252-3273 and fill out the form online. And someone from Westway will follow up. Westway Kids is a ministry designed specifically for those kids fifth grade and under, where we build strong spiritual foundations and have a ton of fun doing it. All of our kids start out in the auditorium and then they are dismissed to their classes after we sing a few songs the Westway Kids team is standing by in the lobby to help you get checked in and to answer any questions that you may have. Thanks for partnering with us as we all teach the next generation how to worship, serve, and grow. One way we worship at Westway is through giving. We believe that God should come first in our lives, and when we give intentionally, prayerfully, and generously, it shows that we trust Him and we want to honor Him. When we give at Westway, it helps provide others with the opportunity to find a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ here in Scottsbluff County and around the world. You can give online at westwaychurch.com give or at the giving stations located in the back of the auditorium. No matter how you choose to give, thanks for making his kingdom a priority. Thanks again for being with us this morning. We are excited about what God is doing at Westway, and we would love for you to be a part of it. Well good morning Westway. I want to encourage you to stand with us and we're going to sing a few songs together this morning.
1: There is healing in the power of the Lord courage in the shadow of his wings. There is peace unending over all my life. There is freedom that washes over me. And I find all I need here in your presence, Lord. I open up my soul and you overflow there's always abundantly more there is rest in the goodness of the Lord my God there is treasure in the kindness of my there is comfort in knowing you're a failing love my provider you set my spirit free i find Or seek more than I could fathom. God, your love for me is better than I imagined. More than I could ask or seek, more than I could fathom. God, your love for me is better than I imagined. More than I could ask or seek, more than I could fathom.
2: What's My name is Jen Dillinger, and I'm the Next Steps team lead here at Westway. So thankful to be here worshiping with all of you who are here in person and those of you joining us online as well. However you can be here, you are so welcome. Um, This week, there are two events that I would like to draw your attention to. The first one is coming up on Wednesday night, um, which is May 24th, it's on the screen. From 5.30 to 8 p.m., we're having our annual summer kickoff barbecue at Pioneer Park. In gearing, love to see all of you there. Um, You don't need to sign up for this one, but if you could bring a side dish or dessert to share, that would be fantastic. Um, Additionally, We will be having a Next Steps meeting on June 4th, uh, which is a Sunday, from 4.45 to 7 p.m. Um, What is Next Steps? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, Next Steps is for anyone who would like to connect just a little bit more deeply here at Westway. Um, No matter how long you've been here, but especially people who are newer to the church, uh, we're going to have supper together, have some fantastic fellowship, and then spend some time talking about what we believe about what God is doing here at Westway and how you can be a part of that. If you have not attended uh, Next Steps, I would love to see you at this one. And there will be some incredibly friendly faces waiting in the lobby after church today to help you sign up. So please come and see us. Yeah, I'm one of them. Okay. Now, those are the upcoming events. Let's talk about the main event, which would be right here, right now, the 1015. There are so many great ways that we get to worship together in community during the 1015. Uh, We can sing along with our wonderful worship team. We're going to read and discuss God's word. We're going to take communion together a little bit later. But we also have the opportunity to be generous with our time with our talents, and with our financial um, um, abilities as well. Um, a passage that comes to my mind when I think about generosity is from 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, verses 17 through 19, where Paul is instructing Timothy on how to encourage people to live generously. This is what he says. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good, and they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure for a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life." Whether we are rich in time, rich in talents, or rich in finances, we are invited to live generously, and I would encourage you to join me in making that a goal today. Um, You can live generously by serving others with enthusiasm, uh, by giving of your time, even something as simple as engaging in conversation after the service today or by giving financially as well. And there are several ways that you can do that. There are several on the screen. The easiest ways are probably to use the boxes at the back of the room, or to scan the QR codes on the cards attached to the seats in front of you. Um, However you choose to be generous, please just live generously. Now, if this is your first Sunday here, you are invited to participate, but please don't feel that there's any pressure on you to do so, we're just thrilled that you're here with us today. Um, All right, as we continue worshiping, would you please join me in prayer? God, thank you so much for bringing us together here today, um, whether that's virtually or in person. And God, thank you for being so generous with us and inviting us to respond in kind with generosity of our own. Please show us what that means for us as part of this body. Um, As we continue to worship, please focus our hearts and our minds on you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We're going to continue to sing together. Would you stand with us?
3: Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad The ¡Gracias!
0: So thankful for the firm foundation that you are in our lives. That when everything around us is chaos, you remain strong and firm. Father, help us to build our lives on you. Help us to, uh, to use you as the foundation. The only thing in our life that is constant, Father, you're faithful, and your promises. Uh, as the song says, last from generation to generation. So thank you. Help us to continually put our faith in the one who is faithful and our trust in the one who is trustworthy. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.
1: Good, oh, and you are good, good, oh, and you are good, good, oh, let the key. of my heart be the fire inside my veins the air
4: Good morning, Westway. I'm Joe. I'm one of the pastors here at Westway and Wednesdays at Westway's is going to be done after Wednesday night. (laughs) And don't come here Wednesday night. Go to Oregon Trail Park and uh, be a part of celebrating the kickoff into the summer season. Um, We are excited about what's going on here at Westway. And this morning, it's my privilege to share with you about the intergenerational church and how that works with uh, serving and learning. Uh, We've been talking about this topic for the last few weeks, and uh, it's my desire to help you understand um, how God is working within our body here at Westway, but more than that, within his body throughout the world, uh, intergenerationally. And um, so if you want to take your Bibles this morning and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29, Um, That's where we're going to start reading tonight, or this morning, excuse me. Uh, It has been a long morning already. Uh, Not really. Um, In this passage in Deuteronomy, the children of Israel have been wandering for about 40 years through the desert on a trip that normally would take about 11 days. They got sidetracked. In a lot of ways. And God allowed them to wander because He needed them to seek Him and to know Him and understand Him. And before they go into the promised land, He wants them to hear again the instructions that He's given to them. He wants them to understand how important it is to follow His instructions. And so we're going to pick up with Deuteronomy chapter 29 and beginning with verse 9. The message that he's been sharing up to this point, all the way through this book of Deuteronomy, um, if you were to look at the headings, would go something like this. It would consist of things like remembering where they had come from, how long it's taken them for them to get there after they left Egypt, how God delivered them, their need To be obedient. Warning against idolatry. The Ten Commandments. A call to wholehearted commitment. The privilege of holiness. Victory by God's grace. A call to love and obedience. Giving of tithes. Release of debtors and slaves. Instructions for feasts and festivals. concern for justice, blessings for obedience, and curses for disobedience, and more. These were important rules and guidelines to live by, both then and now. So Moses continues in Deuteronomy chapter 29, beginning with verse 9, and he says this, Therefore, obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper in everything you do. All of you, tribal leaders, elders, officers, all the men of Israel, are standing today in the presence of the Lord your God. Your little ones and your wives are with you, as well as the foreigners living among you who chop your wood and carry your water. So I ask this question. Who needed to hear and obey? Do you suppose... That there was anybody from the camp that was missing. And how many generations do you suppose were represented in that gathering that day? He goes on in verse 12, he says, You are standing here today to enter into the covenant of the Lord your God. The Lord is making this covenant, including the curses. By entering into the covenant today, he will establish you as his people and confirm that he is your God, just as he promised you and as he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you are not the only ones with whom I am making this covenant with its curses. I am making this covenant both with you who stand here today in the presence of the Lord your God, And also with the future generations who are not standing here today. You suppose that includes us? God gave these instructions to the children of Israel to protect them from the evil in the land that they were entering. He didn't want anyone to miss out when the instructions were given. So everyone was to pay attention and listen. How many times have you had to say that to your kids? Maybe you've had to say that to your family as they got older. (laughs) And speaking of family, as Cody mentioned last week, (laughs) we share the Deuteronomy 6 passage often here at Westway to remind us that God expects us to teach our children and their children and their children. In fact, let's just flip back there real quick to Deuteronomy 6. This is not in your um, version app, if you're using that this morning, which we hope you are. But I want to just remind you of how um, Moses gave these instructions. And I'm going to start with verse 1 in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it says this, These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And then he says this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed And when you are getting up and when you're working in the kitchen and when you're helping at the door at at church and when you're working with the kids, oh, it doesn't say all of that. But that's what he means, isn't it? And then he says, tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And what he means by that is they should affect what you do They should affect what you think. They should be part of your home. Well, we want those things to be part of what we do in in God's house here at Westway. And so, as we think about that, that teaching was to be done throughout the day, every day. God, through Moses, made it clear that to be his people, his children, his family, everyone needs to pay attention and follow his instructions. Last month, John, uh, Pastor John shared a message about what God expects the leadership of the church here at Westway to do. He referred to the passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And we're going to go there in just a minute if you want to flip over to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. In this passage, it talks about how the leadership of the church is a gift from God. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. A couple of weeks ago, Zane, Pastor Zane, shared from this same passage as he talked about how we need to not only be a multi-generational church, but we need to be an intergenerational church. He defined what we mean when we talk about the intergenerational church. We saw on that Sunday, parents standing across the stage up here with their graduating students, encouraging them to walk with the Lord as they move forward. I don't know about you, but that service always gets me. It's interesting to me the passion that is in the voices of those parents as they encourage their graduating seniors who will be going off to college or getting jobs or whatever it is they're going to do. And their desire is that they would go with God, that they would live for Him, that they would honor Him and serve Him. And we witnessed that on that Sunday morning. And then last week, Cody talked about the gathering of the church, much like the gathering that we read about in Deuteronomy, and how God expects us to gather for preaching, singing, praying, giving, Lord's suppering, and fellowship. Jen talked about that again this morning and how important that is and that's what we do during this 10:15, and we do that in other gatherings throughout the week. This morning I want to zoom in on verses 14 through 16 of Ephesians 4 and talk about the why and how being an intergenerational church works. Beginning with verse 11 in Ephesians 4 it says this, Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Then it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Why did Paul feel it was important to explain to the body of Christ that God gave this gift of leaders to them? Well, the answer's right there in those verses. To bring unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ <laughs> so we can grow up. My sisters often told me to grow up. Mom and dad told me to grow up sometimes. We all need to grow up. And that includes our maturity in Christ. Some time ago, our leaders here at Westway carefully studied the scriptures and sought God's direction. And from that time, they defined our mission, vision, values, and preferred culture to sound like this. And you'll see this, as Cody mentioned last week, on the wall in the uh, lobby back there. Our mission is to proclaim Jesus as Lord. That word Lord is really important, isn't it? Lord means he's the one in charge. He's the one that I go to for advice. He's the one that I go to as I make changes in my life. He's the one I follow. And to proclaim Jesus as Lord, there's more to that that we need to learn and grow in. So our vision here at Westway, defined by our elders and pastors, is this. To grow in unity, purpose, and love through the power of the Holy Spirit so that the people of Scotts Bluff County know Jesus. When we talk about unity, we're talking about joyful participation, to be unified, to be doing things together. And we need to do it joyfully. Our purpose is taking risks with our time, treasure, and our talent. Sometimes we're afraid to try. Our desire, and we believe God's desire for each of us, is that we take those talents and gifts that he's given to us And use them, even if it seems like it's a little bit risky. (laughs) Um, And then love. All of these things should be motivated by love, sacrificial in nature, relationally deep and wide. We're going to talk about what that means, how that love works. And I'm going to share with you some examples of what we've been witnessing here at Westway in that way. We have a set of values that God has given to us. And part of those values are these things. Being present. Participating. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Using our gifts for the building up of the body. Didn't we just read that in Ephesians? Taking risks with permission to fail. Sometimes we don't know for sure what our gift is. And so we need to try it first and then we might find out, well, that didn't work. (laughs) And God says, learn from it and keep going. And we have been encouraged by our leaders here at Westway to do just that, to try new things, to do our best, to do what we feel like God is leading us to do and then learn from it. And part of that, is understanding in our values that every environment is a discipling environment. We're teaching and learning as we do what we do. We need to show our appreciation and we need to do this intergenerationally. And our preferred culture here at Westway is ownership, not rentership. We don't want you to just come and give your money. We want you to come and get involved and take ownership of what's going on here at Westway. Again, our preferred culture is discipling and equipping. It's fun. It's intentionality. And when we do those things, we develop this thing called trust within the body and most of all in him. So that's when you hear us talk about our mission, vision, values, and preferred culture, that's what this is. And when you come to a next steps meeting, like Jen talked about this morning, you're going to hear about that a little bit more. It's important. If you've been attending Westway for a while, you've heard us refer to this mission, vision, values, and preferred culture. It's one of the ways that we equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The body of Christ. We talk about it in our next steps program. We talk about it in our team trains. And if you're on a multiple multiple teams, you've heard it often. See, our desire is that each of you, each of us, no longer will no longer be immature like children. That we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. By the way, is there a lot of new teaching out there? Yeah. That we won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. It's interesting, Paul had that challenge back then. We still have that challenge today. Instead, we'll speak truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. You see, it's him that makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each one of us does our own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do you get the message that we're hearing in this passage? I need you. You need me. We need each other. We need to be able to encourage each other and build each other up and help each other grow in our maturity. That's what we're talking about in an intergenerational church. Did you notice the bumper video before the message this morning? (laughs) I asked them to play that because as you watch that bumper video, I want you to think about this. How many different age groups of people were involved in that event? And I want you to think about how that throughout this school year, there have been between 120 and 150 people attending on Wednesday nights and our Wednesdays at Westway event each week. And on any given evening, there were 30 to 40 people volunteering to serve. And the opportunities that they were doing in serving on Wednesday evenings were these kind of things. Discipling groups of children, nursery through fifth grades, or discipling youth, sixth through twelfth grades. Maybe they were leading small groups for adults, or running sound for the programming going on, or leading a team of youth on the praise band for praise and worship, or ministering to embrace grace moms, or cooking and serving and cleaning for the whole crew, or driving a van. To pick up those who need transportation. Or greeting and checking people in at the lobby doors. And making sure the whole environment is safe. And I know I've left some out. See how it takes us all. See why we need you. In that process. Children are learning. Adults are meeting and studying scripture. Adults are leading young people in scripture and study and that's just one week one evening of the week here at Westway this West excuse me this Wednesday we'll celebrate the kickoff of the summer break in Oregon Trail Park and here this morning as Jen talked about at the 1015 there are many of those same kinds of opportunities to serve and more with more people benefiting and involved We are building relationships with each other that help us grow in our relationship with the Lord. It's not about numbers, though. It's about speaking truth in love. It's about growing in every way more and more like Christ. It's about allowing him to fit the whole body together perfectly as each part does its own special work, which in turn allows other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. It's about equipping the body so it won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, so it won't be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. See how that fits together? In his message a couple weeks ago, Zane talked about the prayer requests of the elementary age children and how... They are seeking truth. It's interesting to me that those children are a representation of our community. And if you were here on that Sunday morning when Zane talked about that, you heard that some of those families have fathers or mothers in prison. Some of those children have very, I forget the word he used, but volatile relationships is what I'm thinking of. And they're just a sampling of what we experience in our world today. And they're being discipled. And they're being taught. And they're being shown how to resist temptation and understand truth. And Cody shared last week about how some of the high school students expressed that they should ask some of the younger youth. Um, There were as many as, I think, 18 sixth graders this year. (laughs) That's a lot of sixth graders. And the high school kids were looking at all those sixth graders and they were saying we should invite them into our group so that we can disciple them. I thought that was awesome. When I heard that I thought where did those high school kids get that idea from? Well they got it from their parents or from somebody else within this group who has been discipling them. One of our small groups Um, here at Westway, um, the leader has shared with us how there are people within that particular group who have and are renewing relationships with children that those relationships were broken in the past. And because of the study in the group, they've realized that they needed to go to their kids and they needed to reach out to them and re- we build and mend relationships. It comes from studying together in the word. This is happening because of changes that, are, that they're making in their lives. Due to the study of God's word together. They've been watching and listening to the testimony of others. And they are meeting, that they are meeting with and learning and growing in their relationships with God. Because of it. Young people are being taught, or excuse me, being encouraged to join their parents in Bible study. Um, we have a group that meets, um, uh, has been meeting throughout the year, and it's made up of adults with junior high and high school kids. And that group grew as the, as the year went on. And I know that in one or two of those occasions, the, there were a couple of high school kids that led the group. They study together, they pray together, sometimes they break up into, the the kids go off and pray on their own with an adult present, but they're learning and growing and discipling together, learning from each other, both the kids from their parents and the parents from their kids. That's intergenerational. Young people are serving side by side with the elderly in many ways here at Westway. Have you ever wondered why Paul, the apostle, uses the illustration of the body in so many ways in in his letters to the churches? It's something we all can understand and relate to. We all know the importance that our head and shoulder, knees and toes have. We also know what it's like to lose Or the use, lose the use of a part of our body at some time or another. And maybe you've broken a finger or stepped on a nail or had a knee wear out or lost your vision or your hearing. Things don't work as well when those things happen and the rest of the body suffers with it. I was visiting with one of the small groups I'm a part of um, this last week and and I was sharing that um, when I was in high school, I got my hand caught in a corn auger and had to go into the hospital and get stitches. It just about took one of the fingers off. And while I was sitting there in the um, waiting room, waiting for the doctor to get there to stitch up my finger, uh, another guy come in with a plastic bag with a couple of his fingers in it. It changes the way you do things. He got to go first. Um, But think about it. Think about what happens. Another one of the kids in our school lost his whole hand in a PTO shaft. I grew up in a farming community. It changed the way he did things. He played the trumpet with one hand. Amazingly well. It didn't stop him. When one of us doesn't do our part, it does affect how things get done. You see why Paul uses this illustration? You each have a part in doing what God's called us to do in the church. And if we're not doing that part, then somebody else has to pick it up. Another part of the body has to sacrifice from what they're doing to go and take care of that particular duty. You know, while I was talking about that in our small group, one of the guys in the back held up his hand and there was part of a finger missing. And he said, it does change the way we do things. And so as you think about this illustration that Paul has given us, think about how we need each other. And how things don't work as well when the things that we're supposed to be doing uh, don't, don't happen. And the rest of the body will suffer because of it. You see the passage um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to turn there, is probably one of the most referred to when we talk about the body. And Paul is very clear about how as Christians, each of us is a... Or one of the parts of the body. How each of us has been given talents. And they were given to us by God. To be used. To help the body grow in maturity and love. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He talks about how the eye cannot say to the hand. I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet. I don't need you. He talks about how each of us needs the other. And he continues in the next part. With what makes all of this Work its best so in first Corinthians chapter 12 we're going to go to the last verse in verse 31 and we're going to start there he says so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all he says if I could speak all the language of earth and of angels but didn't love others But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice. But rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. But love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now... We see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. That's right. In order for us to grow, there are essentials. In our physical bodies, some of those things are things like oxygen, food, water, exercise. Was I supposed to say that one? (laughs) Sometimes we don't do that one as well. um, But it is important. The parts of our body work together. To make sure those essentials are being used correctly. And when that happens, we grow. Paul is saying here that in the church body, love is essential to make things work well. We fit together perfectly when each of us do our part. And when I do my part, another part grows. That's discipleship. That's a healthy church. This is who God calls us to be. This last week, we asked our team leaders to share a response to this question. We sent out a message to all of them. And as those answers came in, I thought, I got to use that. Here's the question. When you think about the phrase discipleship environment, what comes to mind? And I want to share a little of what was said. And while I read these, I want to encourage you, if you're not already serving in some way here at Westway, or if you're interested in serving in a different area, scan the QR code that just came up on the screen and fill out the form that will come up when you scan that. And then when you finish that form, there will be an email that gets sent to me, and I will contact the leader in the area that you're interested in and in serving, and they will contact you and help you with an opportunity to serve. So grab your phones and get connected. But while you're doing that, listen to what our team leaders are saying about that phrase discipleship environment. I'm not going to use their names. I promised I wouldn't. (laughs) But there's a number of them that replied. And I want you to think about how and why they're doing what they're doing. One said, for me, discipleship is meeting slash loving people where they are and earning their trust so you can mentor them and help them make progress towards a better relationship with Jesus. Another leader added to that with, no matter where another person is in their belief in God, I can show up and try to know them better, listen to them, love them as a child of God, and live authentically in response to Jesus. If I am faithful to who he made me to be, And pay attention to the good works he sets out for me each day. I can trust that he can and will work if I keep my heart and hands open and follow his lead in any relationship. Wow. Another one said, the best example of a discipleship environment that I had growing up was working alongside my father. We would talk as we worked and he taught me a lot about hard work, being honest, serving others, and being genuine. Another one says, I would say a discipleship environment is any environment where there is an opportunity to learn and grow. You can be on the teaching end and learning end simultaneously. Imagine going into every space, every situation, every conversation with the attitude that you've got the chance to learn something or to help someone else learn something to grow or foster growth and if our main goal is to image image forth Christ those opportunities are full of incredible meaning another one said love a disciple and a discipleship environment is an environment of love it's a mentor slash mentee environment that shows love and compassion From that sprouts spiritual growth. Our greatest commandment is to love unconditional. If we don't show love, we can't teach or rebuke because it will fall on deaf ears and hard hearts. We are challenged to be different, and that difference is love. Our team leaders get it, it's not unusual for us to walk into the kitchen on a Wednesday evening after everyone has finished eating, to hear laughter. In fact, teaching in the room right next to them is a little tough <laughs> because of the environment that's going on in the kitchen. It's fun to volunteer together. You'll hear that, that same kind of sound most uh, around most all the teams as they gather to serve. I'm so grateful For the growth they bring to our body. People are learning and growing in their teams and people are learning and growing in their small groups here at Westway also. There are a few of the groups that will not continue throughout the summer uh, or if they do they'll just meet periodically um, and they may meet at different locations. And so on the greeting counter in the back as you leave if you're interested in a small group i would encourage you to stop by and pick up one of those cards it's a card that shares all of the groups that have been meeting front and back and if you're interested i would encourage you to call those small group leaders almost all of them have said we're going to meet next year next fall And I'm not sure if there's any that have said they aren't yet. I've been visiting with them uh, one by one. Um, And so you can still call them. And oftentimes they're meeting like once a month and they're meeting for a meal. And they would love to have you join them and visit their group as they do that throughout the summer. One of the things that I find so beneficial here at Westway is the times that I get to spend with people in my small groups. Throughout the years. I've been in numerous different small groups. And that's where I get to know people. That's where I get. The support that I need. When I'm going through tough times. The prayer times that we have. In small groups are special. Oftentimes, When people are in the hospital. It's a small group. That checks on them. And encourages them. We have a Tuesday afternoon small group that's made up mostly of the elderly, but the college students have been coming and sharing with that group, and there we are intergenerational. And the group says these young people coming in is so awesome. We're learning from them. And the same thing is said by the college students as they come into that room. And Zane brought in last week prayer cards for that group. For each one that's going to CIY, a name was on the card, an explanation of where where they were going and what they were going to be doing was included with that card, and they were distributed within that group, and that group will continue to pray daily for each one of the people that are going on that trip. I think, what was it, 16 total with sponsors, something like that, and that group was so excited, the small group. My prayer is, is that when those kids come back, they'll come into that group and share what they learned and how they grew. And guess what's happening? Both ways, discipleship is happening. So as we think about what's going on here at Westway, get involved. Don't stand back and watch. That's okay for a while, but you're missing out There's opportunities to grow and mature and understand who Jesus is in a much greater way when you get involved. That's the culture that God desires from us. I want to read one more time, beginning with verse 4 in 1 Corinthians as I close this morning. Excuse me, 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to say it again. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not iterable. It doesn't keep record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, It's always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. It's what we want, isn't it? Isn't that the environment that God wants from us? These little children that were in here dancing and singing with us earlier, don't they need to know truth? Because they're going to be exposed and are being exposed to a lot of things that look like the truth, but they're not. So are we. And we need each other to be able to stand strong against that. But more than that, to understand the closeness that God wants in his family and to experience that. Let's pray. Father, what a blessing it is to be a part of a family like Westway that gets it. Father, there's a graduation service going on soon. And a lot of high school kids... That we're watching, walking across that stage to receive a diploma and go forth from there into a world that Satan is busy in. We want to be a part of proclaiming Christ to them. We want to be a part of sharing truth with them. We want to be able to prepare each other to walk out of the walls of this room out into a community that's much better than most but still being challenged in what we believe and what we do and why we do it father we know that you've given us the way to know truth and just as you gave instructions to the children of israel you continue to give us those instructions through your word and your desire is that we know those instructions that we repeat them day in and day out, that we dwell on them and think about them and show our children and their children and their children what it means to live those truths. Help us to do it well here at Westway. Thank you for loving us and giving us that example. We love you. We want to live our lives for you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Good morning, Westway. My name is Scott Marsh, I'm one of the elders here. Uh, it's an honor to be with you this morning. Um, every week, especially if you're new here, you may not know this, but every week we um, participate in communion together. Um, it's something that um, us as the leadership of the body feel very strongly about, and so we're thankful that you're here to join us this morning uh, for this. Um, as Joe was speaking, he talked about how our world um, has a lot of different definitions of uh, love and so um, I wanted to kind of speak you know there's a lot of times when we um, think of love uh, the world has one way of looking at love Um, us as Christians have a a bit of a unique way of looking at love and so you know repetition is a great thing so I'm going to read first Corinthians 13 4 through 7 for the third time this morning so I'm pretty sure you'll have it memorized, um, but you know what, listen to the words as I go through this and then we're gonna dissect it just a little bit. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven. By the way, these are some of my favorite passages. Um, you know, working in the corporate world, there, there's a lot of negative, just living in this world, there's a lot of negativity. So these, these verses really help ground me. So love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So as we reflect on serving and studying, as we reflect on those two things, Like serving the body, it's very difficult to serve other people without love. Would you agree? It's difficult. If you serve begrudgingly, it's not a lot of fun and it's really not very fruitful. So serving lovingly is very, very important. In these verses, God gives us uh, some uh, do's and some don'ts. And so what he's telling us to do is two, two things basically. So we are to be patient and kind, and we are to rejoice whenever truth uh, wins out. And then there's three things that we are not to do or the don'ts. We are not to be jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. We are not to demand things to be done our way. We are not to be irritable or keep records when we feel wronged. So I have to ask myself, do I do the things that I'm supposed to do? Or do I do the things I'm not supposed to do? So, do I, am I patient? Am I kind? Am I rude? Sadly, I'm all those things at times. Do I find myself being jealous or boastful or rude? Yep, I do those things. Do I demand things to be done my way? Yep, sometimes I do. Do I keep records of wrong? Sometimes. But thankfully, I have a God that is so big and so gracious and so generous. He has given me a way to, to show love, to find love, to be loved to so many other people that I couldn't do without me or without him. If I did this all on my own, I wouldn't serve well. It's just not possible. It's, it's too difficult. But with him, all things are possible. God's love was so big and so so wonderful that he gave us his one and only son to save our lives and to give us eternity eternity with him. He has forgiven us all of our sins through his son, Jesus Christ. So again, that's why we do this every single week is we want to remember that great gift, that gift of love that was shown to us. And so we do that through communion. And so... Uh, If you could prepare your elements if you haven't already. Um, But the bread is a symbol of his body given to us for the forgiveness of our sins. So Go ahead and take. And the juice is a symbol of his blood shed for us. Go ahead and take that. I'm going to pray, but I'd like everyone to take just a moment to think about those things. How do we show love? Do we do those list of do's? Do we do those list of don'ts? Think about that for a moment, and then I'll end us in prayer. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for the incredible example that Jesus is for us and that you have loved us so greatly. Um, we, we look for the gifts that we have as we serve others, but the greatest of them is in fact love. So we ask that you fill us today and the days going forward with the love that you would want us to have. Give us the desire to serve others, uh, to, to shed the light that you would like us to each and every day Father, we we love you and we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen.
1: Oh, you've come to bring peace to be love to be nearer to us and you've come to bring life to be light to shine brighter in us so oh,
0: out together, you are here
4: Once again, we want to say thank you to you for coming this morning. Um, I would love to have you gather around with the people next to you. Hold hands, hug, or whatever you want to do. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Um, Get close to someone this morning, and we're going to pray together as we go. Don't forget that um, on the counter in the back, I don't know if I'd mentioned this, there is a a little card that um, we saw the summer kickoff on the screen there's a little card that has that same message on there and a reminder of what you should bring when you come well let's bow our heads and let's pray father we are so grateful to be able to gather together uh, with you and with each other this morning it is our prayer that we would see that we each have a role to perform at westway christian church and that that role is what brings unity between us and with you Father, we pray that we would remain faithful to the things that we have been taught from Scripture and that we would pass that on in a way that our children would understand it and that they could pass that on to their children and that we can be a part of that, Father. Our desire, Father, is that we would see that when each of us do our own special part, that your body, the body of Christ here at Westway, will be healthy and growing and full of love. Father, please be with us as we go from here today. May your light shine through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go with God.